0: Would you open God's precious holy word? Numbers 36. These final instructions end, and this is the last chapter of Numbers. These final instructions end with something we've studied earlier, but not just a reminder, but a clarification. A valid question that comes up. There's just a few verses in this chapter, but after we finish this, I want to preview, uh, briefly preview the book of Numbers that we'll start, uh, God willing, next time. The daughter's rights of inheritance. Numbers 36. You may recall, you know, what happens if a man has only daughters and he dies? What about his part of the inheritance in the land of Canaan, that was covered. We, you may remember that. But here, here, there's a legal precedent that has to be covered and discussed, uh, and it's based on the historical background of the request that was made by uh, Zelophehad's daughters back uh, earlier in uh, in the Book of Numbers. So let's look at this: the paternal heads of the family of the sons of Gilead, the sons of Machir, the sons of Manasseh, of the families of the sons of Joseph approached and spoke before Moses and before the chieftains, the paternal heads of the sons of Israel. They said, Yahweh commanded my master to give the land as an inheritance through Lot to the sons of Israel. And our master was commanded by Yahweh to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brother, to his daughters. So what that does is it causes these uh, the people from Gilead to present a case uh, for clarification here. Now, if they marry a member of another tribe of the sons of Israel, their inheritance will be diminished from the inheritance of our father. It will be added to the inheritance of the tribe into which they marry, and thus it will be diminished from the lot of our inheritance. Even if the sons of Israel will have a jubilee, their inheritance will be added to the inheritance of the tribe into which they marry. And their inheritance will be diminished from the inheritance of our father's tribe. So these girls who had the inheritance now marry and they marry men from another tribe. That means that the tribe from whence the women came uh, will have their overall inheritance diminished because it will go to the sons. It will go to the men. You know, so what about that? Uh, This is the question. A valid question. And so, what Moses does is he adjudicates by the counsel, of course, of Yahweh. So, in verse 5 and following Moses commanded the sons of Israel, according to the word of Yahweh, saying, The tribe of Joseph's descendants speak justly. This is the word that Yahweh has commanded regarding Zelophehad's daughters let them marry whomever they please. But they shall marry only the family of their father's tribe. So you say, darling, you can marry whoever you want to, but, right, has to stay within the tribe. Makes sense. Of course, you have to understand that the, the people of Joseph numbered at least in the hundreds of thousands. So it's not, like, it's not like the pond was dry and all the fish were dead, right? They have a lot to choose from there. Thus, the inheritance of the sons of Israel will not be transferred from tribe to tribe. For each person from the sons of Israel will remain attached to the inheritance of his father's tribe. It reminds me of a song "Wolverton's Mountain." You don't want to go. You don't want to go too far. He's mighty handy with a gun and a knife. You got to stay within your own tribe. Uh, with within your own the, the, the people of of your tribe, but there's a vast array of people there. So it's 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 the same old advice that every that everybody gives their children: be careful who you date. <laughs> All right. So then, every daughter from the tribes of the sons of Israel who inherits property shall marry a member of her father's tribe. So each one of the sons of Israel shall inherit the property of his forefathers and no inheritance will be transferred from one tribe to another tribe for each person of the tribes of the sons of Israel shall remain attached to his own inheritance. That's clear, right? Just stay within your own group, your own tribe, and nobody's inheritance, overall inheritance is going to be uh, diminished. As Yahweh has commanded Moses, so did Zelophehad's daughters do. Mala, Terzah, Hagla, Milcah, and Noah married their cousins. They married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and their inheritance remained with the tribe of their father's family. <clears throat> These are the commandments and the ordinances that Yahweh commanded the sons of Israel through Moses. In the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho and thus ends the book of Numbers uh, to clarify and to take note of how each inheritance uh, remains as it was at the beginning. Okay, so what follows next then is Deuteronomy and I want to just give a preview of Deuteronomy before we're done tonight because Deuteronomy in my opinion is is uh, perhaps the most interesting except for Genesis that gives the story of the Israelites God's elect which you know starts with Abraham but Numbers is fairly interesting in those adventures but a lot of it is just stuff like this of course, Leviticus is all stuff like this. And Exodus is just about all stuff like this. But Deuteronomy is, is, is they're all spiritual. But Deuteronomy takes this to a level, uh, in, in my view, above the others. Because this is, this is Moses sort of giving a farewell address. He can't cross the river. He's got to die. Uh, but Deuteronomy is, is the summary and the reflection and even a foreview to the future of Israel. It's it's a very interesting and rich and spiritual book. Christ uh, quoted Deuteronomy, you know, uh, about uh, serving the Lord your God and all this. So let's uh, let's consider Deuteronomy and give it a preview. And next time on Sunday nights, we'll begin with uh, our study in Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy reviews the Torah. That's the books of Moses, the first five books. And foreshadows the rest of the Old Testament's story. The warnings, the blessings, the cursings, and so forth. This will follow Israel for the rest of their history. In the Old Testament. And it's, it's presented in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, Moses reminds the people of God's actions in the past. So... He goes back and reminds them of the promises that God made to Abraham in Genesis, reminds them of how God was faithful in rescuing Israel in Exodus, how God was holy and expressed his holiness in Leviticus, and how God punished his people when they were disobedient in the book of Numbers. Moses also gives directions, blessings, and warnings for the children of Israel in their future. When we study the book of uh, Deuteronomy, We will note that the inspired Moses gives them direct, plain, and simple instruction. You're about to go over into the land. This is the land of promise. The covenant is both the people and their land. Everything's okay. If you observe the Torah, you're obedient to Yahweh, you serve him and him only. Things will not be okay if you break that. If you serve other gods, things are not going to be okay. So this is really, this is really hundreds of years before they get into the big mess that they get into that we've been studying, for example, in uh, Kings and Chronicles on Wednesday night. But it was a warning. And so we can see in their history And in the recordings that are given in the scripture about these people for the rest of the Old Testament, that indeed what Moses told them was certainly true. This is, of course, this is the word of Yahweh coming through Moses. Also, we see here the appointment of Joshua, officially appointed as their new leader. Then expressed within it God's expectations of kings which take effect when Saul becomes king in 1 Samuel. Now, we've been studying the kings. We're going to see the definition of their failures here as those expectations from Yahweh are given to the people uh, in the book of, of Deuteronomy. Prosperity for obeying God. Everything's okay when you're obedient to God. You have God's word. Nobody else, no other nation, had the word of God. They had, they didn't have the Torah, they didn't have this covenant. Now we have seen already, and it is seen in the rest of the Old Testament, that people who are not born into Israel can become a part of Israel. There, when it was provided within the law, we studied that how foreigners could come and be a part of Israel. That was not forbidden. But when they became a part of Israel, they of course came under the same instructions and directions that natural born Israelites came under. So there would be prosperity for obedience to God. This happened during the reigns of David and Solomon. We've seen that and we've studied it in 1 Kings uh, chapters 8 and 10. And we saw this unfolded Paralleled prosperity for the people. And it all, it all really, this tremendous prosperity was born out of the reign of King David, his obedience to God, his loyalty to God. um, And God would not bring the curse of division in the lifetime of Solomon because of Solomon's sins. And he said to Solomon, I'll do it. To your son i won 't do it to you for the sake of my servant david i 'll wait until his grandson is the king, but not his son. so the prosperity comes there they had they had tremendous uh, prosperity economically, militarily socially, culturally. I think if we could live back in that day and we were foreigners traveling in a caravan through Israel when King when David was king we would note a happy and prosperous people uh, who were taken care of by their king who were happy in their worship of of their God during that day it's because leader because the leadership the national cultural and spiritual leadership king prophets priests they were very careful to maintain an obedience to the word of God as far as they could. And this brought blessing to the people. And people are naturally influenced and affected by their leadership. The warning was given that if they were disobedient, they would be exiled from the best land in the world. And this actually happens when the tribes are conquered by Assyria and Babylon. We're almost to that point in our study in 2 Kings. Next two or three or so so weeks, we begin to get into that with the disobedience and finally the dissolution of uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. And then at the end of it all, the collapse of the southern kingdom of Judah. Everything that Moses says here and warns them about comes true because to become disobedient to Yahweh, to reject him, to turn their backs on him, to begin to serve other gods, well, God lifts His hand of blessing, and quote nature takes its course close quote, and the strength of the world is too strong for the people of God when the people of God do not have the hand of blessing from God upon them. And this we will we, we'll see. We will see this in uh, in our study in Kings and Chronicles as we complete it. So there will be exile for their disobedience. But with that warning, there was the promise to be sure that God would restore Israel at a time pleasing to God. This would be according to the purpose and will of God. There is, there is this uh, covenant that will not be broken, the covenant of the land and the people, the people in the land and it's an unconditional covenant in the sense that this will always be fulfilled, though it, could be, uh, though it could be put on ice for a while, which indeed it was. And yet, at the end of all things, God will move upon his people so that at last they are saved and they are indeed placed permanently in the land which God has promised them now. His promise to restore Israel uh, begins to happen in part when Cyrus allows the Jews to return from Babylon in Ezra. So there's you know there's 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 this uh, there's this hint or preview of restoration when the people are allowed to go back and rebuild their their city, their land, their walls, their temple. They're allowed to do that under the edict of uh, Cyrus. But all that they accomplished from that moment forward is lost in their rejection of Jesus, the Son of God. And so until 1948, the, the Jews had been dispersed and forbidden, but now they have their own nation. And uh, this is a precursor to the time of the millennium when at last Israel, all 12 tribes, all of Israel will completely inhabit the land to, its, to the extent of its borders that God promised to Abraham, which really has never happened. But it happens, of course, when the son of David... Is on the throne. Now there are hints of it and precursors to it uh, in the time of Cyrus, leading all the way up to the time of Jesus of Nazareth. But of course, with their rejection, Christ said, Not one stone left to one another. Woe to you. You know, you and he he predicted, prophesied their destruction, which happens thirty to forty years after Christ was crucified. So This long period of time, then they trickle back and there's a portion, a small portion of the land is known as the nation of Israel. But that can't be considered the complete restoration of Israel because they do not yet know all of the land that God had promised them. They will, however, know it in the return of Christ, in the glorious return of Christ and throughout the time of the millennium. Well, these are all prophesied uh, through Moses in, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. So here's a quick outline of Deuteronomy. Number one, first three chapters, a recap of Israel's journey from Egypt. Then number two, a recap of Israel's relationship with God, chapters four through 10. And then how the love of God uh, how to love God and keep his commandments, Deuteronomy 11 through 26. That's the, that's the most extensive part of the book of Deuteronomy. Then the blessings, the curses, and the restoration coming from Yahweh through Moses to the people in Deuteronomy 27 through 30. Then finally, Deuteronomy 31 through 34, uh, the death of Moses. Moses. Finally, there's this, uh, oh, you can't see it, can you? I thought it was kind of neat. Somebody put this all together. It took a little time to do it, but it's, it is the outline of, uh, it's the outline as presented here and the flow of the outline of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, the introduction, which is a recap of what's happened to them and where they've been, uh, and then it moves on. <clears throat> and of course, Israel has the choice, life or death, then the second part, the laws that are given for life in Canaan, uh, speaking of their history in Deuteronomy, and then uh, of their future uh, regarding their obedience to the law, the importance of the law, uh, how they're to love God and obey God. On to number three, the future prospect of Israel. And so Moses simply says in chapter 29. If you are disloyal, you'll be exiled. Chapter 30. But God will restore you and give new hearts that truly love and obey God. So verses 29 through 30. You can do this if you choose life. Then finally, number four. uh, The close of the Torah. The close of the Pentateuch. The close of the books of Moses. Joshua is named in chapter 31 Moses' successor. Uh, The Torah is completed in its writing. Then comes in chapter 32, the Song of Moses, uh, the warning of Israel, and the consequences, and the blessing of Moses for each tribe's future prosperity. In chapter 33, chapter 34, Moses dies. So here is what is unresolved at that point in time when Moses finishes his oration to them, and thus the book of Deuteronomy is completed. Well, here's what's unresolved for them at that time. What will they do? When will God restore them? And will there ever be another Moses? It's a very interesting book, and it'll take us a while. There are 34 chapters to it. Uh, it it'll, it'll took us a while in Numbers, takes us a while in all of them. But it's just a rich study uh, that will help us in our minds to link everything that we've already looked at from Genesis uh, through Numbers in our study of these books of Moses. So between now and then, I would challenge you to read the book of Deuteronomy. Um, read it in three or four different translations and uh, glean from Deuteronomy all that you can and extract from it the spiritual riches uh, that God promises to his people and observe the warnings because we, we have this privilege of knowing how, how it works out in the Old Testament. And we can see that this is the beginning of the nation. When Moses finishes Deuteronomy and he dies, Joshua leads them across the river, book of Joshua. This is the birth of the new nation in their land, although three of the tribes remain on that side of the river, yet still they join the other tribes in the warfare uh, and the capture of Canaan. So this is the beginning of a new, I mean, they have a fresh start, a new start. It's a new generation. It's a new start. And they have this fresh instruction from, from heaven to, to recap everything, to summarize, and to give them uh, future prospects, blessings, uh, curses, and uh, warnings, and promises. All of this that we actually see worked out in the history of the people of Israel throughout the remainder of the Old Testament, which really culminates in the crucifixion of Christ uh, in the New Testament and moves into the book of Acts where then the church is is where the the people are commissioned to go here and then outward and then outward into all of the earth and uh, the church spreads uh, with its gospel, which brings us into the fray in the church. And we even see the consummation of that all the way through the rest of the New Testament into the, and through the book of the Revelation. Okay, so we get ready and we start and we, uh, we look forward to our study in the book of Deuteronomy. But for now, let's be dismissed in prayer. Father, thank you for your perfect word. Thank you for the privilege of being able to understand it for the Holy Spirit in us who helps us to understand it, who teaches it to us. We pray your blessings upon us as we continue to commit ourselves to the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.